Welcome to Beyond the Book. In this episode, we'll talk about success strategies and how when they are designed by triumphant people, they often lead to amazing accomplishments. I'm your host, Ryan Ruff, guiding you through the essential elements that routinely show up in successful individuals. So let's dive into another episode to help you accomplish your objectives in a more timely and efficient manner. Hello and welcome to the newest installment of Beyond the Book. I'm your host, Ryan Ruff, and I'll be joined, as always, by an enlightening and an insightful individual very soon. We've got a special one for you today. There's no doubt about that. A great guest that contributed to a fantastic book. Really excited for this episode for you today. The book that we're going to be discussing, Success, co-authored by Jack Canfield himself alongside a team of entrepreneurs, thought leaders, change makers, you name it, fantastic individuals. And we are really excited to bring one of those aboard today. So I'm going to read a little bit of an intro uh, for our guest today. uh, And then before we bring her in, so here we go. Our guest today, Dr. Sophia Edwards-Bennett, affectionately known to her patients as Dr. E.B. She's a board-certified radiation oncologist who has gained her medical oncology postgraduate education from Harvard's Cancer Therapeutics and Research Program, Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, and Cornell Medical College. I told you we had a special one today. Now, she's also been a practicing oncologist for over a decade, and she's not only passionate about cancer care, but she's also excelled academically, authoring and co-authoring multiple peer-reviewed publications in the field of oncology. Oh yeah, she's also been donned with many awards and accolades, including Best in Medicine in 2019-2020, Who's Who, Professional of the Year, Lifetime Achievement, Doctor, or Top Doctor, that is, in multiple states, Patient Choice Award, and Leading Physicians of the World for her clinical contributions and her prowess. So we're going to go ahead and bring in the clearly acclaimed Dr. E.B. Dr. E.B., it's great to see you. Great to have you on the show. I know we've been trying to get, get you on here for a little while, so happy to have you here. Welcome. Thank you, Ryan, for such a warm welcome. It was quite magnanimous and uh, (laughs) comprehensive indeed. I'm thinking, listening to your introduction, wow, uh, I guess I have been blessed. I have been blessed. Sometimes it's a, it's more of a uh, out of body experience just listening to someone speak about you in that respect, knowing yeah. that you were basically guided by another force and all that it took to actually get to that point in your life. Yeah. It is it it is in itself a revelation of sorts, as my podcast states, revelation from the oxymorons of life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it takes a lot to get here. We're happy to have you here. And why don't we dive into this a little bit? I know we're going to be discussing your your contribution to the book Success, but first and foremost, I know I just read a little bit of a bio about you, but it'd be great for our listeners to kind of hear it from from yourself. Uh, You know, why don't you tell us a little bit about your personal and maybe professional experiences uh, that have kind of led you to where you are today and being on the show today? Ah. Great question. Uh, very loaded, and I'm I'm hoping you have time for, you know, my <laughs> response. Uh, I will try to uh, render the Adam Braided version. Uh, 
you probably know by now from my previous conversations and of course my interview that I'm originally from Jamaica. And so my first intimate exposure to medicine was actually through my mom. She died of lupus when I was 13 going 14 and uh, my brothers were teenagers themselves. And so we were quite exposed to the realm of medicine uh, having to do with how the doctor patient relationship is important, not only in the treatment of the patient, but also the rallying and inspiration and instilling of hope in the family. And so my view of medicine was uh, based on that exposure. Uh, With that, of course, losing your mom at such an age uh, comes a, a lot of subsequent adversity. So just navigating through life itself, having no real support from a maternal figure. And really, uh, I will just say that uh, my brothers were my parental guardians, even though they themselves were quite young. What it has taught me, however, is that whatever you have experienced prior to adversity, it's actually prepared you. You don't know it at the time, but it is. And and we focus on how much I have achieved. But one must realize that all the people that have been placed in your life, uh, what I call despised and dispatched, including my brothers, they were being prepared too. So there are a lot of folks around you that are being prepared to actually uplift you and guide you to coalesce into this person that you become and that you're still becoming. And so that was the, I would call that the inception of my interest in medicine, so to speak, and my first enlightening experience of how one could actually experience such adversities and propel oneself to another level and how it is done, what elements are necessary to, 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 to get to that point. Of course, as you know, I'm a believer, so I believe that everything is ordained and orchestrated by, by God himself. Uh, but one has to be intentional about listening and to that guidance and also allowing the people uh, that have been placed in your life to to guide you because you could very well resist that but you have to have the eyes not the vision not the optical vision but the vision inside to know that this is what has been placed before you in and the persons inside your life that are there to help you to progress to the next level. And so it was a a, a windy road thereafter. And I had an interview with uh, uh, Mark Grimm, a great interviewer, by the way. Uh, It was such a pleasure uh, to be uh, in his his presence and just uh, uh, divulge all the personal information. However, uh, the road to becoming where a physician and where I am today was not a straight line. It's not, you know, it didn't follow the sure, y equals sure. 
plus C uh, equation, right? It was more, you know, curvilinear, uh, not so much sigmoid, but it was certainly trajectory upwards nonetheless. And sure, so sure. just the, the abbreviated, i.e. adumbrated version is that um, I was offered an opportunity to a scholarship to um, enter a PhD program to synthesize anthroquinones, which are actually DNA um, anti-cancer agents, um, wow. which in retrospect was quite serendipitous because I did not know that I was going to become an oncologist. Right? right. Again, these, these this is if this is not ordained, nothing else is. Right. Right. And so right. I have to be a believer for that reason. And mm. that's where I actually met my husband. The very, 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 very first day I entered that program, he helped me to register. Again, divine. <laughs> dispatched and disguised. Um, after my, actually during my course of writing my dissertation and probably a year uh, uh, before, I realized that in delving into the material, uh, studying about anti-cancer agents, uh, I reignited my interest in medicine. And so I discussed this with my, with my husband and he was in full support. He was the only person I told at the time. Afterwards, of course, I extended this, um, uh, this, this uh, reveal, so to speak, to my brothers who are, you know, uh, you'll probably know just based on how much they have taken care of me. Uh, I am extremely close to them and I, I love them dearly um, for what they were able to do for me uh, as a child. And even now they contribute so much to my life. But my husband was quite supportive and that helped because it seemed like a crazy idea at the time because, you know, having a PhD, you're thinking you should then go on the, the path. You should uh, you should stay on the path where the PhD leads. And a lot mm -hmm. of uh, advisors uh, were also questioning my decision. And that is a lesson that I want to teach my, my audience as well, is that, and for that little girl or for that, you know, uh, middle-aged uh, individual who has this unction, this calling that they know it, it will not go away. And, and it's just a burning desire to pursue an interest that is unquestionably, unquestionably your calling. And to do that, you need only one person. I mean, you need yourself, obviously, to believe in that. But if you do have someone else who says, you know what, go ahead, because I see the passion within you, so I will support you. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. We wouldn't know. We didn't know we would be here. We, we would be here right now discussing mm -hmm. this with you, Ryan. But mm -hmm. that is what that that is the result of following the ordained path. And so of right. course, as you know, the rest is history. I entered Cornell Medical School. By mm -hmm. then, the good thing was, even though I was called a non-traditional student, right? Because <laughs> I was older, having had a PhD at the time I was older than most of the most of my counterparts, but I knew 
I knew what I wanted to do. I already knew I wasn't trying to find my specialty. Sure. I knew I wanted to specialize in oncology. And then, of course, I was exposed to Memorial Stone Kettering quite early on. In fact, um, Dr. Aki Yahalam and I published the Stanford Five uh, papers, a regimen which is used, the chemotherapy regimen, actually, with radiation that is used to treat Hodgkin's lymphoma. And uh, yeah. Joachim Yahalam, otherwise known as Aki, Aki Yahalam, is a nester, a nester in the field mm -hmm. of uh, radiation oncology and specializes in, in lymphoma. So I had the pleasure of doing that. And I think that that, that helped, um, well, going, obviously attending Memorial Sloan Kettering uh, lends some credibility, but certainly publishes none of Aki Ahalom also um, catapulted me as well. Uh, wow. So, uh, yeah, question <laughs> <laughs> well that, that's the, the first one's always the hardest right no so that's that's really a wonderful story in terms of of surrounding yourselves with people that a help you help lift you up but then they help lift you up to the point where you're able to find what your life's mission and goal is and you found that and so here yeah. we are on beyond the book the podcast yeah. talking about you know the book's success you're specifically we're going to dive here in yeah. now to your your contribution to the book entitled yeah. chapter chapter yeah. 10 in the book entitled Higher Ground, The Transformative yeah. Power of the Big C Reattitude. So we'll, yeah. I want to get into this. I want to I really uh, learn not only what your contribution specifically was, but why it was so important for you to share this story and this knowledge and what you hope people take from it. So take us through this. What, what, what is your contribution to the book? Why did you feel that urge to want to be a part of this? Huh. So, interestingly, as everything else in my life, um, I'm open to uh, just a different paths, as long as it's going to lead to more enlightenment for myself and then, of course, to be disseminated to others. So when this opportunity presented itself to me, I had to determine first the title of the success. I could, I could have delved into so many things. I could talk about sure. my my path to success or mm -hmm. what is considered success. But I really defined success as your finding your calling, right? So because success means you you are fulfilled once you know what you're placed on earth to do at least one of the assignments, then you feel fulfilled. And I define that as success. So then the question was, what do I include in this chapter? And my patients are my teachers. They inspire me. So it was quite easy to then uh, select a topic that I wanted to include in the book and delve into that and higher ground it really just defines or it encapsulates a, a, a an upliftment of the people around you such that they can be more enlightened. So it's from a baseline to a, a point that is higher than than what you even think of yourself as being capable of, right? Mm. And so that's really what I thought of as higher ground. Now, my patients, um, as I stated before, I ad admire for so many reasons because they're going through such a difficult time in their lives. So I thought about the, the level of uh, 
the level of strength it takes for my patients to go through what they go through every day, the courage, and also what they learn from the experience, but what I learn from them. And in observing my patients, I realized that I did not have much time to address a certain phenomenon that I was observing in my patients, and that is psychological toxicity, where patients can tend to lose hope. Uh, their mind is in an upheaval, so to speak, as you can imagine, the day or weeks prior to being diagnosed with cancer, they're going on with their daily lives, not knowing that they are going to be told that they have this big C, right? And so mm -hmm. there is everyone reacts differently to this news, but regardless of how you react, it's not going to be a pleasant moment. In fact, it's life-changing, it's, it, it, it's scary, it is intimidating, and then and there you're facing your mortality and the future is no longer tangible to you. You don't see beyond that day, actually. And so I decided that you, I, I realized in retrospect that I have been addressing these psychological toxicities without even naming it as such. At the time, I, it didn't have a name, you know, the big C reattitudes. So I mulled over this for several months and realized that I was applying a seven-pronged um, algorithm to address these toxicities. And so these I have an acronym for, which once the book is released, you'll see it's called, it's really his lamp, as in H-I-S-L-A-M-P, seven, right? Um, uh, restoration of hope. Uh, reclamation of identity, reaffirmation of self-worth, and then of course there's the reappraisal of life, uh, the just the requited admiration, meaning my patients admire me, but I also admire them, right? And then there is the rehabilitation of the mind and the reignition of purpose. And I'll define two of those for you because it's 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 going to be a lot to just. Uh, uh, explain all of the reattitudes and what it really means in a clinical setting. So, for example, a patient who has undergone mastectomy, um, sometimes double mastectomy for locally advanced uh, breast cancer, and then they are sent to me after adjuvant chemotherapy to discuss and then undergo post-mastectomy radiation therapy. Those patients are treated for approximately six to six and a half weeks, and that's every day, Monday through Friday. So I'm seeing my patients once a week, sometimes more than once a week, just depending on how much they need to, uh, need to uh, discuss any side effects that, are, uh, that they're experiencing during the treatment. And what I discuss with my patients after addressing their side effects, I read their visage and I ask open-ended questions. Why? Because 
medicine is not just about treating the cancer. That's not how I view medicine. It's about more than that. And as I stated, I saw that intimately um, in um, the treatment of my mom, where you can go beyond that and reach others, reach inside the patient. The patient feels vulnerable enough and they may not want to disclose certain things. And what I've noticed is I, I actually uh, uh, published a podcast uh, called No Apologies because patients tend to apologize if they believe that they're taking your time because they respect your time. They know doctors are quite busy. And so they don't want to burden you, so to speak. They don't understand that that's what they know what that's what I'm here for, but they believe that if they discuss anything outside the realm of medicine itself, cancer itself, then that is a burden for the physician. But that's not my view. My view is if I'm taking care of the whole patient, addressing what is what is tormenting you mentally or psychologically in that moment, it will help you to one, uh, to allay your fears and two, to be compliant with treatment because what we don't understand is that any, 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 any obstacles, mental especially, can affect the outcome. And if a patient decides they've lost hope and they don't want to undergo treatment anymore, then of course your treatment outcomes are going to be inferior. And so I don't want that. So I'll, I'll tell, I'll give you an example. As I stated before, a, a patient uh, underwent mastectomy. This is a real case. I won't be divulging any names, of course. And I saw her in status check. And I realized that she seemed despondent. Now, her treatment was going very well. In fact, her skin was really not desquamating. We expect desquamation, meaning skin peeling, during the course of treatment, especially for chest wall uh, radiation. But she was doing well. But she appeared so despondent. And I finally asked her, open-ended questions, which I, I think, as we all know, allows you to just, that then the patient is not quite sure where you're going. And so they will divulge what's really at the forefront of their minds when you ask an open-ended question. Mm -hmm. And when you ask a direct question, then they are more, uh, they're more liable to actually answer that question and then decide that you are not interested in any other uh, aspects of their life. And so she was quite saddened because she had lost her sense of identity um, because she did not, she, she had a double mastectomy and it was not recommended that she undergo a, um, uh, plastic surgery at the time. And so she felt less than herself, less feminine. Also, she was gaining weight because of the um, aromatase inhibitor or tamoxifen pills that are prescribed in the setting if a patient presents with, say, estrogen positive disease. So not only was she feeling, was her self-esteem decreased significantly, but she was also gaining weight. So all of those factors, and it may not seem 
important to some because we may think, well, she's being treated for cancer. And so that is not that should not be her focus, which is which is exactly what she said. She prefaced her response by stating that she did not want to seem vain. But here's the problem. Whatever we're going through is real for us. Right. So for her, this was devastating. It was, it was really devastating and it was affecting her and it affected what happens is when it's not addressed, then it bleeds into other parts of your life. It certain bleeds into your marriage. It bleeds into how you perceive yourself and your value. And then it then bleeds into work and your performance. So it is important whether or not her husband uh, perceived her that way. Right. It matters how she perceived herself. Sure. Sure. Exactly. And so had to address that in a way that she could then process it and realize that her strength, the courage it takes, far exceeds what is happening now and that eventually she will be able to recapture all of that external, all of the external things, but really what matters is how she is learning from this process, the intangibles that is so much more, they're so much more valuable. But when you don't see that because you have tunnel vision, you see, all you're seeing, and and, and it literally, it's all that's in her mind. When she wakes up in the morning, she's scared to look in the mirror, Mm. literally. I have patients who do not look in the mirror. Oh man. Yeah. It is such a difficult circumstance to be, to be faced with. And so, so ultimately what I'm gathering Dr. EB from, from your, your chapter, higher ground and and your work with your patients. I mean, it's clear that your work with your patients, it's passionate and it's clear that that passion spilled onto the pages here in the book success. So what I'm gathering from your chapter is that the big C re-attitudes, you know, those seven appraisals are really meant to enlighten and empower those patients to cope and deal and, figure out a way to not let their condition take Mm. the best of them, you know, really for them to be able to find solace within themselves as they go through arguably one of the hardest challenges an individual can kind of go through these days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised, Mayan, because perspective, perspective, as I said, is really the, the, it's that milestone. Once you reach that milestone where your perception changes of what you're going through, mm-hmm. then, then you can intentionally capitalize on that. Because sure. the growth that happens inside after you have that pers- that perspective, mm-hmm. it, it, it's phenomenal actually. Because I see it in my patients when they when they return for follow up. That spark in their eyes, and I I think I mentioned this in my last. Uh, my last uh, podcast clarity that spark is it is it, 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 it is so very it's obvious to me and it fills the room because what they've done is they have applied the big C reattitudes they've mm-hmm. engaged themselves such that now they are on a path that is self-discovery self-enlightenment and how they can best use these seven elements to not only improve themselves and where they're going 
the, 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 the best path, their best self, the best version of themselves, but they're also disseminating it to others, you see, mm-hmm. family members. And they've actually, I know examples where my patients have actually helped other cancer patients. Wow. So it's about the patients that are being seen by me, because that would be, that would not be fair, right? So sure. Because you see, we're all a network, right? So we're all connected, right? Mm-hmm. So when I affect their lives, then they go on, go on to affect others. If you didn't choose your path, right, then you would not be here with me, right, discussing mm-hmm. this topic so that others will be enlightened by it. Mm-hmm. My point. So everything is connected. It's all yeah. a net, right? It reminds me of that, uh, that Bible story. And I was listening to a message the other day. And um, I think it was um, Darius Daniels, actually, from Chain Church. And I have heard, I grew up in church, right? That doesn't mean I'm perfect or anything. It just means that I grew up in church. Not that I followed all the rules. It means I grew up in church, right? <laughs> which helped me to be exposed to God, which has actually sure. strengthened me, you know, uh, in the ensuing, you know, years thereafter. But I, I, this was so profound because I've never thought of it that way. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you know about the story of the Israelites um, being led out of Egypt. They were held captive and they were led out of Egypt um, because um, Moses was told uh, by God, had an encounter with God, and uh, he was told to go to, instructed to go to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Okay, here's the thing. The Israelites were praying for multiple years, right? But when they decided that there was nothing else to do, they were at their, basically the brink. They're praying. They don't get an answer directly from God, right? So when we are praying, we want an answer directly. If I'm talking to you and I ask you a question, (laughs) right? actually directly, right? Sure. What we did was, he spoke to Moses. Moses was mm. not there at the time. He was in a, 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 a sort of the wilderness and was approached by God with, I'm, I'm sure you know the story about the burning bush, right? Mm-hmm. And so the thing is, he was the answer. He was the response. They did not know that God was talking to the answer to their prayer, mm-hmm. right? But it happens. My point is, my point is that we are the answer to someone else's dilemma, to someone else's, you know, uh, terrible experiences, to their adversities. We are the answer. So when we ask the question, you know, well, the world needs someone to address that. That person could very well be you, right? Mm -hmm. Someone. That someone could be you. So we're all a network, right? A very vast network, very intricate. But we, I help you, you help others. And, and, and I may not know who I have helped through you, right? right? But, but that's the point. And, and, mm-hmm. and so in order to get there, that's the higher ground, right? The higher sure. ground is seeing yourself as the solution because when you're placed on this earth you're placed with a purpose the purpose that you've been given is a solution so when you're born there was a problem in mind Mm -hmm. that you're supposed to solve when you're born your birth date was because of a solution that you're supposed to offer in the future 
I love that. And you know what? It's really that uh, that idea uh, that really encapsulates the entire book's success. I mean, this is a group of thought leaders, change makers, entrepreneurs that are striving to leave the world better than they found it. And they're yeah. taking their own slices of knowledge, their own experiences, and trying to bestow that upon other people. So I, really, to kind of segue into my next question, which was beautifully <laughs> done by you, um, you know, what was, it, what was it like to work with some of these, you know, acclaimed individuals, some of these other individuals that contributed to this book, as well as to work with one of the biggest names in book publishing themselves in Jack Canfield? What was it like for you to be surrounded by a group of people like that, to, to get to contribute to a book like this? Okay, firstly, let me just preface this by stating that it was an hum it was a humbling experience for me because um, I do not take any of these opportunities lightly because it did not have to happen the way it did. And I feel honored and humbled humbled that I was selected as one of those contributors. So let me just state that. Uh, working with Jack Canfield, and of course, I had the opportunity to meet him in Hollywood, and I think those interviews will be released soon on, I'm, 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 and I heard ABC and NBC, so I'm really excited about that, as well Ooh. as Hollywood Five. Yes, yes, those clips will be released soon. Um, just not really a plug there, I'm just saying, excited <laughs> I am. <laughs> and, 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 but I, I met him, and it, he embodies all that you would expect, but in a very poised, um, secure and uh, self-assured manner. And I'm thinking that's because of all the experiences that he's had. And you can tell that he wants, his goal is to propel others who are so like-minded to reach their full potential as well. That's, that's what I actually gleaned from just meeting him for about 15 minutes or so, 20 minutes, maybe 25, because, you know, as you can see, I mean, I, I, I probably can talk forever. Uh, and so <laughs> what, what we call that, there's, there's actually a medical term for that. It's called logorrhea, as in verbal diarrhea. There's actually a word called logorrhea. And so, so, so I, I didn't make that up. So, so anyway, working with the, um, with other, um, authors mm -hmm. i think it was the best idea possible of jack hanfield and of course dna agency nick nanton you know very well to uh compile a book of all these thought leaders because what it does is it actually targets every every need it's an answer to a question when you collate this book with thought leaders and entrepreneurs, then what you're doing is you are amassing. You this, this is a, basically it represents yep. you, it represents folks who have amassed all this knowledge. Then you collate it, and then you are touching so many different people. So much so that when the book is released and they read it, there are so many things that they are that are, it's like a light bulb. Right. Mm -hmm. you, when you Absolutely. read a book, the light bulb goes, and that's what you need. You need your dormant, whatever is dormant inside you, right, to be triggered. It's the mm -hmm. trigger. It's like the switch, you know. And so I think this idea of 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 
coalescing, of collating, of bringing together all these thought leaders and entrepreneurs, I think it's great because it's not just separate books, it's one book. And so mm -hmm. therefore, power, the power yeah. of all yeah, it's amazing. And, and I think it's it's going to do great things. I, I will not be surprised if it's bestseller on every list, not just for <laughs> me, but 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 no, but but bestseller just means that there are more people being exposed to it. Right. Oh, that's yeah, absolutely. Means, right. Yeah. And so that's the goal. Right. So mm -hmm. bestseller, it means that many people are reading it. So many people are being enlightened. Right. And so that that's re that really is the goal. So, again, I, I'm sure somewhere in there I answered your question. Oh, you did. But Absolutely. The short of it is that it, it was, it was an amazing experience and I was just honored and humbled to be a part of it. Well, the book itself, yes, it, it really does encapsulate a, you know, many lifetimes worth of knowledge, experiences and stories. It, it really is. It's quite the read. So uh, I will plug the book here because we're talking about it. <laughs> make sure make sure to pick up a copy. You know, if you're sitting here watching or listening, you know, there's nothing, uh, nothing to be lost, only to be gained from from. Uh, educating yourself at this level. So, Sophia, you know, we've chatted about success. You know, this clearly generated some momentum for you in terms of, of writing and getting in that headspace and thinking yeah. about that knowledge that you can offer to others. And, you know, I've got a document, you know, right here in front of me that says you've got some relatively big things planned for 2021 <laughs> in a brand new book. Uh, would you care to share a little bit about that? Yes, indeed. Thank you, Ryan, for mentioning that. So that so I was uh as you know, I, I signed the the book deal um and, and the press release followed thereafter. And the title of the book is The Path to Soul Immunity and the subtitle is soul currency and the soul is spelled with a dollar sign because it's uh -huh. currency. I love that. that yeah, I love that. Kind of weird. I, I thought I'd put that in there. Yeah. Soul currency for life and the big C with Dr. E.P. And you are correct in that and, and, and it, it aligns with what we've been discussing before, that there is always something dormant that is triggered by something else, right? So writing mm -hmm. this book, Success, the chapter, Higher Ground, actually, hmm, it somehow shifted my thought process and being offered that opportunity because, you know, I, 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 I'm sure we all project to others as self-assured, but really, we're asking ourselves the same questions. Well, oh, absolutely. can I actually do this? Do I have mm -hmm. the knowledge, you know? And and it's just someone asked me about my prose, because uh, I, I write these prose and post them on TSN. And before that, let me give you some background. Before that, before the book, you know, I wrote prose. I never thought about it. What I did was I used my prose as my profile for, say, WhatsApp or any program. You know, that was I never placed my picture, my photograph. Mm -hmm. I always used my prose because I thought, well, if you're going to look at that, then you'll be enlightened. So it was my way of kind of spreading positivity. And someone asked me about my prose and my that's going to be my trademark. I guess I've been told it's my trademark where I that's Pros, I, they're interspersed throughout any mm -hmm. chapter, any book, and that will always be the case. These are downloads. 
when I say downloads, because someone asked me, my husband even asked me, said, so, you know, where does that come from? And I said, downloads, you know, the 2 a.m. downloads, the 3 a.m. downloads, <laughs> I wake up and I just start writing in my notes because, but it, it, the download actually, mm, there is a predecessor, if for want of a better word, because the download doesn't, hmm, the download ensues deep introspection. So it, it's something that you have been thinking about, mulling over, but it has to marinate. So you, it's seasoned by experiences and by, you know, you delving, as I said, intentionally dissecting those moments, those experiences, those adversities, and then it marinates in your mind until it becomes the embodiment of an actual composition. That's mm -hmm. what's downloaded, right? Yeah. And yeah. so then when it's mature, when it's marinated enough, that's the then then it's downloaded and then I can just write. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's that downloading process. I mean, I, I think we all do it in some way, shape or form, no you way. know. Oh, it's that idea. I, I, I got to make sure yeah. I can't forget it. So I got to jot yeah. it down. But it's yeah. amazing. Yes. How sometimes it's that that little spark of thought. You put it down yeah. on a piece of paper, you come back to it two yeah. days later and you've had yeah. a whole new school of thought on that initial thought. So, uh, yeah. you know, it's no doubt that obviously your process, your stories, your experiences and knowledge that you shared in success only propelled you to want to share and do more. And I'm sure that's really just lit the fire under you for writing oh, the yeah. path to soul immunity. Um, is there any, any, any time frame in which we can expect to see the book and physically hold it in our hands? Which book are we speaking uh, of now? The path, the path to soul immunity. <laughs> oh, yes. So the, as the press release states, it will mm -hmm. be, it, it will be released in the summer. And my goal, if you read the press release, there was a mm -hmm. question asked as to why I decided to write this book and what really is the, the crux of it. What, what should we expect, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I thought about, because we're, we're always, our actions are somehow driven by our experiences, right? And right. so I thought about that little girl who was unsure about what her future held because, you know, she didn't have any you know, her, her parents, supportive parents, you know, dying, parent dying, and then having your brothers take care of you. I thought about the, how that little girl could feel not only hopeless, but not have a, um, not be perceived in a certain way that say, a normal incantation sure. um 13 year old could be perceived especially in school when you're really a nerd right mm -hmm. and all you want to do is just read etc and then the path beyond that where per perceptions of you uh being who you are literally being how genuinely you are as a person and wanting to grow how that can be perceived as well and the opposite beyond that I want to speak to that because mm -hmm. what I believe and what I tell my my I even my I have two girls um almost 17 and almost 13 and I what what I discuss with them sometimes I bore them because you know I talk to them so much and I you know I it's always a teaching moment everything sure. I, I convert into a teaching moment so, <laughs> but, 
but because my mom did that, my, my mom, we had to learn five synonyms for each word. And it goes back to the same thing we were talking about that when you're being prepared for something, you actually don't know at the time you're being prepared for it. But that actually helped me. I had to enter speech finals. I had to enter um, 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 spelling bee contest. I was Portia in a pound of flesh, you know, the judge in a pound of flesh. Uh -huh. I don't know if you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and. I like what I mean, she died when I was 13. So you imagine how young I was doing mm -hmm. that, you know. And so the point is that all of these things actually prune you, but you don't know at the time. Right. Mm -hmm. And so right. that little girl or that um, I say adolescent because it's the British because from Jamaica, I know you say mm, adolescent. I always have to think about it. Uh -huh. um, and that, and that um, middle age or, you know, 20 year old, 30 year old, 40 year old, I'm thinking about that person and how they can process what they're going through in a different manner such that their enlightenment can be accelerated. And that's what I tell my girls, that what I want for them, the reason I share these things with them is because I want them to see not with the optical, the optic nerve, not with the optic apparatus, vision beyond that, mm -hmm. to see these things, recognize it so that your path can be accelerated, that your enlightenment can be accelerated because it's very helpful, um, not to you, not only to you, but to others. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, well, Dr. E.B., between your contribution to the to success as well as, you know, your wor inner workings that are going to be, you know, popping up here in the new novel, The Path of the Soul Immunity, there is so, uh, such a wealth of experience, such a wealth of knowledge and storytelling that you're sharing with us. So I want to thank you for sharing that with us, not only in the form of these two books, but also here with our listeners and with myself today on the show. You know, bef before we wrap things up here, is there any additional thoughts that you wanted to share with us today? Um, so I, I don't think our listeners know this, but, uh, Ryan, you and I have been, uh, collaborating for quite some time, correct? Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, so you want to go back a, a little bit in, you know, what, what do we call it? Um, just, um, maybe Wonderland, just go back a little bit <laughs> in time. Okay. Go back a little bit in time. Do you mm -hmm. remember our first conversation? I do. I believe we were we were talking about uh, you know just something to this extent. You know, working through a, a live streaming uh, kind of kind of context and trying to figure yeah. out that uh, storytelling was going to be a, a very important you know path for you forward. If I am correct, I might I might be yeah. a little off. <laughs> and then and then um, you asked me, do you have a Facebook and do you have uh, <laughs> social media? And my answer was, mm -hmm. I, I don't actually. I have Facebook. So all the awards you mentioned, mm -hmm. they of course they want to advertise my award so they equipped me with a Facebook account which I didn't use I just I did not use that mm -hmm. and so you were the one who actually introduced that you said well you're going to need all these things and I think I heard <laughs> it in your voice how shocked you were that I was not in <laughs> social media I want to thank you for that but do you remember also that I stated well I'm not really groomed for that. I'm <laughs> not equipped with that, uh, with those skills, but mm -hmm. my sister-in-law certainly is. And so you've been yes, communicating 
Kimberly, mm-hmm. yeah, um, Kimberly, um, uh, Bennett, Edie, and to be honest with you, uh, all those, if you see all those pretty um, pictures and diagrams that you see on my YouTube channel, which now I actually have a name because I have that many um, subscribers now. Awesome. Uh, it, yeah, it is um, uh, www.com. YouTube.c.revoxalive.com because it's customized. The C is for customized. Anyway, I I will display it on the video so everyone will be able to see it if I'm incorrect. Um, You know, I don't usually manage these things, obviously, as I said, (laughs) my strength, right? Uh, And so, yes, and then my husband works along with me as well as uh, the, the, you know, the Success Network um, team has been phenomenal. So I have to extend my just uh, gratitude, appreciation, unwavering, unwavering thanks to all of the team there, including you, of course, and you're a part of the team for for all of your guidance and and assistance. And, you know, kudos to Kimberly Edie, Kimberly Bennett for, you know, I think hers is um, uh, KVE designs, but all that stuff you see, those pretty things, that's not me. Yeah. Well, hey, it's a collaboration from the top and, and, uh, you know, we're, we're happy to be a part of it and to be able to share your knowledge, your experiences and everything with, with, uh, you know, not only just, uh, our initial community through the success network, but obviously your community, uh, you know, of, of the people that you run into every day. So, uh, Dr. EB, I think that's going to do it for our show here. Thank you so much for joining (laughs) us. We are so excited uh, to have, to have gotten you on board and to hear about your work and success as well as the path of soul immunity. So thank you once more. I uh, really do appreciate you coming on. Oh, thank you so much, Ryan, for having me. Again, it is my pleasure and my honor, and I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. Thank oh, absolutely. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> And well, we want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us for another edition of Beyond the Book. As always, we're going to have another enlightening and insightful conversation coming your way very shortly. But for now, for Dr. EB, I'm Ryan Ruff saying so long, and we'll see you on the next edition of Beyond the Book.